Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 42 of the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's episode is called Accountability. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. We're really excited to talk to you about accountability because it is something that is critical to our success as entrepreneurs. And we've heard over and over and been asked questions in our community and with our client base about how to stay accountable to the goals you set for yourself in business. And we are by no means experts on this, but we have spent some time kind of doing some self introspection and working together to figure out systems for holding ourselves and each other accountable. And we want to share some of those with you here today. Yeah, I think that if you can figure out the accountability part of things, your business and your growth and your success and your happiness is going to be it's going to be great. So it's it's I think everyone knows what we're talking about when we when we say accountability. Um, I just don't think that everyone knows how to solve it easily. So that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah, and it's hard to talk about this subject without getting into the field of self-development, of which neither of us are experts. And so you have to sort of understand yourself and what works for you and your value system and structure in order to figure out systems to hold yourself accountable. And part of that is sort of self-development, right? So before you can apply that strategy to your business life, you you sort of have to do that work at home inside first. And so if you struggle with maintaining a yoga practice or going to the gym or you know any other sort of goal that you set for yourself in your life if you sort of struggle to maintain those kinds of goals or challenges for yourself then you're probably going to run into similar issues in your business and you know on the flip side if you're really good at staying committed to something once you set your mind to it personally I think you sort of have a bit of an advantage in your business because you kind of know what to do already. But I think those people are few and far between. The that one, is right. <laughs> the ones that can go, I'm going to do this and then just go ahead and do it, you know, because they they want to. They said so and they're driven to do it and they actually do it. So many of us make these plans and these lofty goals and these, you know, you know, have all these great ideas and the next day, like eating and exercising and also building your business. Yeah, they all kind of go together. So we have been looking at some different resources for how to do this. And I think there are a lot of tools out there where you can look at your personality type and your character. And we've talked about some of those before in earlier episodes. Today, we want to talk a little bit about a new book that's out by Gretchen Rubin that we've been poking around with and looking at. Um, and that will be today's hustle at the end of the episode. But but Gretchen has a really interesting system for looking at how we meet expectations, both external expectations that are set on us by others and internal expectations that we set ourselves. And so I think, you know, in in this conversation that we've been having for a few weeks about this episode coming up, we've been trying to think about, well, what actually works for us as a team and us as partners, Sandy? And we kept coming back to her work. And even though her work is new, I think I heard her give the talk that this book is based on at World Domination Summit several 
more than several years ago. So so her thinking on this is is not brand new. Um, and it's been really useful for me. So we're going to sort of talk about it and suggest some resources for you here today. Yeah, so she recently, it, it, it's a book that just came out called The Four Tendencies. And she has um, divided population up into four different tendencies. And it all um, depends on how you react to, like Jenny said, internal expectations and uh, outer expectations. And so um, I am an obliger, which means that, which is happens to be the highest percentage of the population is in the obliger category or the obliger tendency. So that means that I um, am willing and able and happy to meet outer expectations, but really resist and struggle with meeting inner expectations. So if it's a, a you know, a self-imposed, I'm going to go to yoga three times a week, I'm terrible at doing that. But if Jenny said, Sandy, you need to go to yoga three times a week, um, and I'm going to be checking up on you, I'm much more likely to go so I will meet that outer so expectation. So I need to do that. Yeah, so what, what you're saying is that I need to have a checklist, except for the fact that you get really irritated if I tell you what to do, Sandy. So that's so, the flip side of it. That she's not sharing publicly. <laughs> There's a touch of rebel there. Uh, yeah, sounds like all my um, any obliger, uh, any of their troubles can be solved by someone else telling them what to do. But I don't think it's quite that that simple. And you, Jenny, are a questioner. Yeah, so there's four tendencies that, that Gretchen talks about in her book. So the first category is obliger, as you talked about, Sandy. And then there's questioners, and there's upholders, and there's rebels. And I'm a questioner, and that means I question everything. And I am basically don't give in to any external expectations on me at all unless I adopt them as my own and internalize them. So I follow through on internal expectations. Something has to essentially be proven to me before I'm willing to own it. And then once I own it and adopt it as my own expectation, self-imposed, then I'll do it and I'll follow through. So I think that's incredibly irritating to the people around me. (laughs) Um, So that's what I think the downfall of the questioner is. I question everything about everything and anything in our society, in our communities. Everything is always kind of under a microscope. Um, and that is just my nature. So Gretchen has a really great way of, you know, laying this all out. So, um, and apparently 24% of the population are questioners. Yeah, so, the second you biggest know, group. I was actually surprised at that. Group. I would have thought um, that it wouldn't have been that high. But, and then um, upholders are the rare breed. I think they're 19% and they're the ones that will um, easily respond to their inner expectations. They're the ones who decide that they're going to do something and actually follow through and do it. And I wish, I wish there was something I could take to have a little um, upholder in me. But uh, we are who we are. Yeah, I'm married to one of those, and his amount of self discipline is unreal. irritating. Like <laughs> I don't even understand how anyone is like that. Like, why are you doing this? Because I decided I was going to. Because I, because I said I would. Yeah, I'm like, I you, do who'd you say like you that. would? Who'd you say you would to? I don't know. <laughs> well, why are you doing it? It's an internal rule. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then the last one is the rebels are the rebels, which are 17%. And they just simply resist all expectations. They're the ones that if you tell them to do something, they'll do the opposite. They like to live in the moment. They like to do what they want to do in the moment. They think outside the box. Um, and I, both you and I, when we uh, listened to that exp- explanation, we both really resonated with that, right? Like I felt like she was describing me, even though when I go through the official quiz, I am an, uh, an obliger. But I want to be a rebel. 
Yeah, part of me wants to be a rebel. I mean, I sort of think I'm a rebel. If I decide something's not valid, I rebel against it. Yeah. So I get a little bit of that in what I do. But but once I decide something's legitimate, I want to support it. And so I don't just want to rebel for no reason. So I feel like I'm a thinking rebel. <laughs> and I'm an obliging rebel? Does that even work? <laughs> yeah, maybe that. But we wanted to sort of lay this argument out. And this is just, again, one person's, you know, idea of these different categories around expectations because it's a useful tool to think about or a useful key to have to think about in terms of holding yourself accountable to the goals that you set for yourself in your business. And we have been asked, like, how do you keep up a company when you have small children or how do you juggle all and balance all the different things that that you two do and and how do you stay accountable to each other and how do you discipline yourself that for this many years you've been able to move the ball forward in your business and I and you know it's hard to have an answer for those folks like I, I don't know I'm me I just do what I do and I'm not perfect and I think now like researching accountability frameworks it helps us to be able to answer to understand ourselves better Sandy so that we can then answer these questions to our community members and our clients so there there are these two kinds of accountability to think about so are you are, are you good at being accountable to yourself or and are you good at being accountable to others and you need to know that about yourself so that you can then set up systems and have that in place so that you can fulfill your goals. And um, I don't know if you're accountable to yourself or to other people if, if one of those things is more likely to get you to take action, um, but you should figure that out and, and then take action. And we wanted to just sort of share some examples. Obviously, the two of us, and we've talked about this before, we benefit tremendously by being partners because we have built-in accountability to everything we do. If I drop the ball on something, I know it doesn't affect just me, right? I have a team that it affects and I have a business partner that it affects and not to mention an entire community and client base. And so for me though, Sandy, having you, somebody I deeply respect, um, I don't wanna break a promise to you. I don't wanna let you down. And so I'm much more likely to stay up a little later or to get up a little earlier to finish something for fear of, you know, of my anger and my wrath. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I imagine it's the same for you too. Oh, absolutely. Right? It yeah. is for sure. It is. And I know people always say like, don't get a business partner. Like that's the, the worst move that you can have. And they never last. And the every business I've ever had and currently have, um, I have business partners and, and, I've always appreciated having someone to bounce ideas off and, and of course, to be accountable to. Um, I just, it just works for me. But if I was an upholder, it probably wouldn't work. Those are the ones who don't want business partners or don't do well with, with business partners. But I don't think we can, you know, put a value on that for us. Like it just works and we move so much faster because we are two people working on the same business, but we are... Um, more effective and more productive because we don't want to disappoint each other. Mm -hmm. And we benefit, I think, from learning together too. So that, that's the other side of it. For me, at least, now that I understand I have this identity as questioner, I... I can like before I dismiss something, I'll go to you, Sandy, and I'll be like, hey, I don't think I don't think this is going to work, Sandy. What do you think of this? And then you'll oftentimes like talk me into something or show me the other another point of view. And um, otherwise, I would basically dismiss everything all the time and think that it's a bunch of BS. And so I, I have this built in person that I trust, like, and it's not just any person, right? Like it's you, Sandy. So I'm looking at you. I trust you. If you're going to tell me I should buy into something. I'm going to trust you. And I need that because otherwise I would buy into nothing and just be totally 
critical of everything in the world and everything in the business world. So I, I you know, like you have to know yourself a bit to know how to hold yourself accountable. And um, and I think one way to test this, you know, when I was starting out in business and you too, Sandy, we were encouraged in the entrepreneurship program we were in four years ago almost now to have an accountability partner, that that was like this critical aspect of success. And I really took that to heart. And I had an amazing accountability partner that I talked to twice a week for an hour every Tuesday, an hour every Friday. And I really valued this person and really respected him and still respect him a lot, right? So I knew when I was gonna have a phone call with this person, I had better darn have gotten my, what I said I was gonna get done, done, because I was gonna let him down. Mm -hmm. and. Um, so for me, as a questioner, I needed to have an accountability partner, but I had to have somebody that I deeply respected. And I, I know that is why this this software product got built initially is because he was counting on me to do what I said I was going to do. And, you know, I don't know how, how what was your experience? And you did not have. No, that. I rebelled. rebelled against I rebelled. It. It's like, don't you tell me what to do. I don't need a partner. And um, I saw everybody partnering up and I was way too. I don't know, like, I just didn't like the idea. I didn't want to have to be um, committed to somebody that I didn't know. And what if I didn't like them? Or what if we didn't click? Or what if, I don't know, I didn't enjoy it. And then how do I get out? And so I didn't do it. I just was frozen. I didn't do it. Um, but in the end, this program that we were in also had teams. And so I participated in the teams. And it just so happened that everyone on our team, um, except for one person, dropped out or quit. And so I basically did end up having an accountability partner because my team was only one person. So that did work work out. However, um, I have to say that it, it is some if I didn't if it didn't work out, I, I wish I had done it differently. I wish I had um, the, I needed the accountability. Absolutely. But at the time, I didn't want to do it. So I know what it feels like because um, we ran a social media uh, challenge throughout uh, this last summer. Um, and we had everyone partner up and it's hard, right? Like you just like, we're encouraging you to get your own business or your own accountability partner. And it's kind of intimidating just to reach out to a stranger. So I totally get that. But I think it is one of the um, most important things that you can do when you are trying to do a challenge or a business or whatever you're working on. And I think also there you need a little bit of trust that you will be partnered with the right person. And I just didn't have that back then. I think it, it always amazes me, um, specifically, like recently with our, our social media challenge uh, summer camp, people were super happy with their partners and they just, they really clicked and it just so often works out like that. So I think um, a little bit of trust when you're asked to do that goes a long way. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. I think it's a really good idea. If you're struggling with accountability, this is a simple first step is to find an accountability partner, someone who is at a close stage to you in business or in whatever project or goal you're taking on, somebody who's sort of in the same place as you, and to, to figure out a way to go through that together by having at least weekly or biweekly contact with that person. And if, if up after trying that out, you don't feel like there's an improvement to your ability to follow through, then maybe that isn't what you need. Then maybe you're not motivated at all by having accountability to someone else. And that means that you're this sort of upholder and you're only, you know, you're, you don't need that external 
accountability or validation. And that's fine. That's good to know. So then if you're not being motivated by yourself or by being accountable to somebody else, or maybe you're a rebel, I don't like, you've got to figure out what to do then. And so um, I think most of us though, the vast majority of our population is motivated by having accountability to another human being, especially one that you respect. So that's a first step. And that will probably accomplish, you know, check it off the list for most of you. Yeah. And I just want to jump in there. When you talk about weekly accountability, I just want people to know that there's so many different ways that you can work with that accountability partner. Like you mentioned a phone call. So it it can be that. It can be a simple text message every day or every yeah, sure. Every day, every week, whatever you 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 want, it can be in a daily email. Um, so there's lots of different ways. It doesn't mean you're you're on the phone with someone for an hour and a half every week. You can set and define that how how you want. I think in the beginning, it's probably good to get on the phone and talk about um, you know where each of you are and what you want to achieve, and then decide how you're going to communicate with each other. For folks who haven't done this before, I just want to say like. The goal of of these check-ins is to say, like, here's what I did since our last meeting, call, text, whatever. I I sort of think it takes more than a text unless you already know someone really well. I have, um, you know, good friends and colleagues at this point where I could get three words from them and that would be meaningful to me. But if it were a stranger, I would just be like, this is trash. Get off. I don't think starting with the text is going to (laughs) work. I think a relationship has to form before you can go there. Yeah, and I think if you can do it in person, that's the best, to be honest. And then to me, like video chat or phone is second best and then email and then text or, you know, Facebook Messenger or something. But um, so the the format, the structure that has worked for me in the past has been you check in, you talk about what happened since you last talked related to the goals you had been setting. You each go back and forth and do a check in. And then you each make a commitment about what you're going to do between now and the next time you check in. And so there's it's like a very clear I mean, obviously, you're human beings and you're going to talk about other stuff, too, if you like each other. But there's like this very clear you know, expectation of what this phone call or this check-in is. And um, it's going to be very obvious if you didn't do what you were supposed to do to follow through. And I think just you you get that out at the beginning of the check-in. Hey, you know what? I totally dropped the ball. My child got an ear infection this week and I didn't make these 10 phone calls. You know, like that's that's what my experience was like. And you, you learn to sort of own that and you learn how that feels <laughs> to own not following through. I hated the way that felt. I don't, I don't know about you, Sandy, but I hated having to do check-ins if I hadn't met or surpassed the goals I had set for myself. So I quickly developed habits and behaviors that made it so that I always was like exceeding whatever goal I had set for myself because that felt really good on my, you know, on my check-in time. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wasn't as motivated. Again, the, I the touch a rebel. Like, if it didn't feel like I could do it that week, or I wasn't motivated, or other things were happening, I never, I wasn't driven in that situation to see. Am I an obliger? This doesn't make any sense anymore, does it? Um, I I was I wanted to please them, but it was like on my own terms. You know, if I just didn't feel like doing, I didn't feel bad if I didn't get it done. Is what I'm trying to say, I guess. But, you know, this is like accountability partners that we're talking about. And if you want to take that to a bigger step, you could also talk about masterminds because that's another really good way to um, 
have accountability baked into your into your week. But Jenny's not a fan, right? You know, honestly, so if I'm in control, I'm a fan. But if I'm not in control, I am definitely not a fan because I question the validity of the group, right? And right. like who put these people together and why do they belong in my group and why the am questioner. I in this group? And yeah, so, so the, again, like you have to think about if this works for you. Masterminds, some people have great success and I think if, if that works for you and the group is the right fit and someone has put care and attention into cultivating that group of people together that you're in, it can work beautifully. And I, I certainly think if you struggle, like this mastermind is a harder level of accountability to set up, right? Because you have to have a group and you have to have rules and you all have to have like a schedule that you can meet at the same time. And it, for if you're willing to put in the time and effort to create something like that or join something like that, usually if you're joining another's group, you have to pay. If you're creating it, you can do it for free. Um, that's great. But like the, the simplest, like we're trying to go in order from simple to complex, right? The simplest thing is to figure out if you can internally hold yourself accountable. That's always the easiest. Then external accountability, like what can you do to build that in? And then, you know, partnership is one way of doing that, that we found that sort of builds it in. And then there, there's accountability partners. And then beyond that, there's masterminds. And so there's this sort of tiered system of tools and resources and relationships that you can create around accountability. So essentially, again, going back to what we said at the beginning of this episode, what you need to do is really learn what works for you. And in my mind, I didn't figure that out until I started testing things. So I learned that masterminds didn't work for me, at least for the most part. And I learned that partnership works really well in accountability partners or business partners. And, um, and, I, and I learned that I have a lot of questions and I need things proven to me in order for me to commit to them. But then once I commit to them, I'm all in. And so I, you know, so now I know how to set up relationships and systems in my calendar and my life and my business in a way that I'm more likely to achieve my goals because I know myself and I take action in accordance with that knowing. And so we just want all of you to sort of know that there are these resources out there that you don't have to do it alone, that you don't have to sort of sit at home behind a screen just because you're building a business, especially on online where it's, it can feel very isolating. Know, know that there are other things that you can do to find connection and community and accountability. I just want to tell one more story and it's, it's, um, it's to do with accountability of something that you and I did recently that worked super well. It's like hyper productivity accountability. And um, I had done this little exercise uh, years and years ago at, in a different coaching program and it worked so well. And so this, this, I think it was just last week or maybe two weeks ago that we had some work to do on our Soulful MBA course and we kept kind of not getting it done and not getting it done. And we had this deadline looming. And so you and I uh, said, we've got two hours and uh, we're going to, we laid out each of our tasks to get this uh, last part of the course finished. Um, and we turned all notifications off and we did our work super super focused because we knew that in two hours I'm going to have to report to Jenny that I have finished my my course recorded everything edited and it worked so in two hours later we got back on zoom and it was like that would not have happened if we hadn't said to each other um this is what we're going to do today I'll meet you in two hours I expect your part to be completed right yeah no it worked beautifully mine was like 10 hours later than yours or 20 <laughs> hours later because i got bogged down in a technical issue because we I do run a software that. company 
but I did I did it I yeah. stayed up late and I finished it and I got up at like five in the morning to edit my content so that I could get it to you before you started working that day see because I was it's like good. Sandy did her damn part I better do mine even though I got cut up I have the, the problem here folks is that there's always a reason something doesn't get done right because especially for us we run sort of two businesses you know, and so the software always takes priority over everything else in our lives, you know, in our business lives. And so it's hard to have goals around anything else because we run a technology company where technology, like things go down or bugs get always reported. Little surprises. Or there's always something happening and it's really easy to let that dominate what both of us end up doing all day, every day. So we have to create these little pockets of accountability to each other to say like, okay, we're gonna take a break from everything else and we're gonna go get this done. And I think we should do that mm -hmm. all the time. Like, I think we should do that like yeah. every week or every yeah. other week where we should just say this thing, we know it's only going to take a couple hours and it always gets pushed off and we're just going to hammer it out. And it's really great because we talk a lot on screen to each other on Zoom and then we get off and we do it. We turn everything off and then we come back at a certain hour to each other and we're like, hey, we did it. Yeah. And it's magic. I think what we should do, Jenny, is inside our paid community um, in our inner circle for Soulful MBA, I think we should put that into the the course and that Whenever we're doing it, like if it's at Tuesday at 11, whoever else is out there and wants to join in on this super deep work productivity hack, um, I think they should do it. And then we just all meet and go check, 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 check. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And, you know, I just want to add one more thing. It made me think about when, so we both have had periods of time where we were coaching and mentoring other software company founders. And um, and so sometimes what's happened for me is that I get on a call with somebody, it's time for them to check in, and they didn't do what they were supposed to do that week. Like they, they didn't do like customer interviews or they didn't do whatever they were supposed to do before they talked to me. And I literally just have them on Zoom or have them on the phone while they're working. And I'm like, all right, I can't go any, I can't take this any further with you until you do the stuff you're supposed to do this week. So we're just going to do it now. So I'm going to just sort of be here. I'm going to make myself a sandwich <laughs> and I'm here if you need me, but I'm listening in and you're just do the work. And if it takes having somebody physically present, mm -hmm. like even if Watching it's through almost. the interwebs, like sometimes that's what it takes to sort of get through a mental breakthrough. And so, you know, you guys can do that with each other. I mean, you don't need to be business partners to have these kinds of sessions where like, let's just both open up Zoom and be working together for 12 to one o'clock every day. You know, mm -hmm. like you can, you can build that in with each other. So that's certainly what we do all day, every day, Sandy. Mm -hmm. We always just sort of have a screen open and we're both kind of independently working and it, it, it really works quite well. Yeah. It's quite lovely. Yeah, it is good. Now let's move into the joy and hustle. So for the joy for this week is a little bit different, um, but I actually met this person um, at a meeting this week and I thought she was amazing and I want to introduce her to all of you. Her name is uh, Jelena Murdenovich. She's from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. She is a eight-time world champion, um, world boxing champion. So same level as Muhammad Ali. She's won the world title eight times. She has a documentary out. Um, a group of people in Canada made a documentary that's winning all sorts of awards. It's called Jelena the Movie. It is on YouTube. And I think this fits so beautifully because she is female. She is in a sport that is um, dominated by men. She's in a sport where women are told not to 
be mean or not to hit or not to fight. And she's doing all of it super successfully. She has so much drive, so much ambition, so much gumption. And she just really fits with what we're talking about on this uh, podcast. So if you want a little motivation, I would highly recommend the documentary Jelena, the film. I'm going to watch that this weekend. Okay, The Hustle is quite obviously Gretchen Rubin's new book, which is called The Four Tendencies. And um, you can also get it as an audiobook, which is my personal fan favorite. And you can also join, she has a community for her podcast called Happier. And so if you Google that, where you can learn more about the tendencies prior to buying the book, right? Sandy, that's what you're in, where she gets to. The community is called Better. Better Better.mn.co. This is why you have a partner. <laughs> okay, well, dive into her work. It's really interesting. And you know, the other thing too, for those of you who want to learn more about this, there's a great interview that just came out with Rich Roll, where Rich Roll on his podcast is interviewing Gretchen Rubin. So it's sort of a nuanced conversation about these tendencies, including how they relate to things like addiction. It's really powerful. And I would encourage everyone to check that out. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample. Sample.